umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callan, and we have a very special guest this week, Adam Schnepp, features writer from MGO Blog. Hello, Adam. How are you doing today? Hi, Phil. I'm great. How are you? Doing great. And I uh, wanted to invite Adam in. He is, uh, I've been talking to him over the last couple years. He's been doing some great work at MGO Blog and wanted to check in and see, uh, get his thoughts on the season so far. So, Adam, let's start with the offense. Uh, what do you think about what we've seen the first uh, two games of this season? Well, I think we haven't seen what we will by the end of the year, if that makes any sense. Um, I know people are disappointed after the last game, and I can understand why. Um, there were some mistakes made. I think some guys were rushing some things, but conceptually, I still believe in what Josh Gaddis is doing, and I think we will eventually see the speed and space that was talked about all off season. Um, I think it'll just take a little while to get there. It's, it is a new system after all. And though Shea Patterson was somewhat versed in it from Ole Miss, you know, the rest of the guys are learning it. And I think even this weekend, we'll see something a little bit different. So there's a lot of heartburn or consternation on Shea Patterson right now. Yeah. I think that we can agree that, in a perfect world, when he's healthy, Shea Patterson is a is a is a good of a, a good to very good quarterback. Okay, we can look back on on last season when he was healthy, and he definitely you know can can man the quarterback position. I also think that, you know, looking at this season, we really haven't seen him be very good, um, mm-hmm. and and I think you know part of that is you know the first game of the year he he got you know lit up on that very first play where he fumbled. And my take on it is that, you know, they've been protecting him, uh, you know, I guess trying to keep him from harm and, and maybe uh, have him in a limited role. It, 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 do you see the same thing or, or how do you evaluate his performance so far? Yeah, so I think that's a great point. Um, I think that to me, that's probably the question of the year so far is are they limiting him in some way because of an injury or is it just taking a while for him to make the correct reads? And I think the army game was a tough one because their defensive ends were very solid um, against the zone read in that a lot of the times where it looked like he could have pulled, they had an overhang linebacker who would have been there or the end kept his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage long enough to force the give before he crashed inside. And so I think, they're going to face a number of defensive ends that aren't going to be as disciplined. And we're going to see as this season progresses, I think, whether he is able to make those reads. Because if he doesn't ever pull the ball, then this whole zone read game comes crashing down. And this offense is really predicated on that. I think Shea is a great quarterback. I think he has fled the pocket a little too easily and a little too quickly. Uh, especially against Army that was happening, where the protection was generally pretty good. And it seemed like he it was – I'm not sure what happened, but if there was a play that spooked him or what, but he was just getting out earlier than he necessarily needed to. So I think a lot depends on whether he's able to also settle in 
you know, make his reads one, two, three, go through a progression and, and stand up in that pocket. I thought he did a good job of that game one. Uh, didn't see it as much in game two. And then wondering whether any of that might be injury related as well. So we can analyze him running the zone read. And it is interesting mm-hmm. to be talking about the zone read again. It seems like we're back to the future. Uh, you know, <laughs> I remember talking about the zone read extensively when Rich Rodriguez was here and hopefully we'll have a, we'll have a better result now. But, <laughs> but one thing that, that I question is, is ball security. And there are you know, you can go back and watch the videos. You can go back and see pictures and he really isn't holding the ball. Uh, he's not protecting the ball when he's running. And I think, you know, we're, you know, we've seen the ball get him get detached from the football several times this year where, you know, we had a really good run last year and perhaps it was unrealistic to hope for that kind of ball security to carry over. But it seems like we've gone all the way to a, uh, uh, the other extreme of um, it seems to be very easy to, to separate him from the football. So what do you, th- why do you think that is? Well, I think you're right. I think that, <laughs> you know, he's, he's carrying it a bit wantonly, but, the beauty of that is I think it's one of the most correctable things in his game, you know, especially with a bye week. I'm sure it's been drilled into his head to protect the football uh, specifically as he's running. Um, and I think that it would be surprising to me whether it's just from aggression to the mean or also aided by him protecting it. It would be surprising to me if he continues to have fumble issues really most of the team, to be honest with you, just because like you said, they did have a incredibly low number last year, but it really hasn't been an issue during the Harbaugh era. I think the first two games are somewhat of a fluke, but you know, I'm interested in your take on that as well, Phil. I'm really surprised by it. You know, one thing that, that I've been wondering is, so, you know, we talk about that, that first hit that he got of the, of the year, you know, welcome to the college football season. And, you know, Harbaugh admitted in the post game that, that he had, you know, injured, uh, I believe it was an oblique. So one of the things that I wonder is, especially when you have a guy running the ball and, and you see this, you used to see this at the running back position. Um, you, if, if you're injured in that oblique area, you don't want to get tackled and fall on the ball. You don't want to be injured by the ball. So one of the things that I was wondering was with him, you know, basically being the ball carrier a a lot. I wonder if subconsciously he was holding the ball in a different area or holding the ball out because he didn't want to get hurt by it, you know, when he was tackled. And, and that's just totally conjecture on my part. Um, You know, I I will tell you that uh, the thing that really struck me after that very first game and, you know, you know, you you watch him play, but then you get a chance to actually, um, you know, talk to him. And when he, you know, you can go back and watch the video of his post-game press conference. He looked beat. I mean, and, and it was interesting because, you know, generally you see players kind of get wore down throughout the season. And, you know, he looked at, at you know, like post, you know, uh, toward the tail of the end of the season beat, like just wore down. So I've, I've been wondering if, if they've been, you know, if he's, if he's hurt, not hurt enough to not play, but hurt enough to be that, that they're kind of protecting him a little bit. And I'm really interested to see how he looks after this bye week, right? 
because they're definitely going to need a better offensive performance than we've seen the first two games. And, you know, let's face it, Michigan, when they go on the road, uh, usually struggles. So this is this is a real test for the team. It's a test for the offense, and a te- it's a test for him. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I saw on Twitter tonight that he said during availability that he's back to 100%. And so I personally am, am generally one of the last people to raise the red flags about something uh, these first two weeks don't really do it for me, especially because I think we're operating under the assumption that that injury is playing more of a role than has maybe been led on to. And now we've reached the point of the year where if they're still running things the same way, this is when I would get concerned. But I mean, it's human nature, you know, to be injured and not want to fall on the ball when you have an oblique injury makes a lot of sense. And it would also make sense to not want to pull the ball and run and get smashed as you cross the line of scrimmage so i mean i kind of cut him some slack for that and and this will definitely be a measuring stick game i think this weekend the concern i have is that the other thing that i was thinking when he was watching you know watching the army game is that you know the, the line was porous to be generous right and he was getting banged around so you wonder if you know they used to call it happy feet you know if the quarterback is just always kind of gun shy from where he's going to get hit. So we definitely need to see the offensive line firm up uh, against Wisconsin. Harbaugh was uh, particularly uh, less than forthcoming with injury updates this week. Um, So, you know, you got to wonder. Part of me says that we're going to see the offense finally click and we're going to see, you know, more of the playbook and we should be okay. But again, you know, it's one of the reasons we watch the games is we, we don't really know what's going to happen. So we, we've talked about the offense. How do you feel about the defense and what you've seen so far this season? So I feel great about the defense so far, even better than before the season started, to be honest with you. Um, I think that the guys that there were some questions about heading into the season have somewhat answered those. And I know Army is sort of a unique test that really doesn't apply to the rest of the year, but getting cut 22 times a game is not easy. And Carlo Kemp did a nice job holding up there. I think he's doing a nice job in the middle. I think Uche has really come into his own. Um, I think in the first game of the year, we saw Don try to bring Kalik Hudson off the edge more. And I really think that's the right role for him. I don't think the 3-3-5 stack necessarily plays to his strengths as much, but it was necessary against Army. I think we'll see him coming off the edge a little bit more the rest of the year and sort of going back to that 2017 version of Kalik that we're used to. And then Vincent Gray's been a nice surprise. Um, the safeties have been what we expected. I think Metellus has been great. And uh, the linebacker position, I think, we're getting the production we're sort of used to there. And Aiden Hutchinson, I think, has, has sort of stepped into his own this year as well. So uh, not much of a letdown there. And it's just nice to have Don Brown and some stability there. But, of course, I'm curious what you think as well. Well, I think overall, um, I'm not sure if playing a service academy is worth the aggravation. I don't think so. <laughs> so so understand that, you know, from a football X's and O's standpoint, I'm a huge fan of what Army does, okay? it You know, we, we talk a lot in the Harbaugh era of what is the offensive identity, what do they want to do, 
what is the will that they want to impose on opposing defenses? And I'm not sure from year to year that I can really answer that. Um, so when I watch Army, it's very clear. Listen, you know, they're going to run 99% of the time. They are going to, you know, you know what they're going to do. You know their identity. And I think part of the frustration that I had in the first half of, uh, okay, and, and, and let me just say overall, if Michigan doesn't turn the ball over on offense, we don't have the problems with the game being as close as it was. Okay. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. not the defense's fault. And yet, so we've been hearing for the last 10 months, Don Brown talk about, Oh, I'm, I've been scheming for army every week. I've been, you know, and it reminded me a little bit of, you know, in the, uh, the Brady Hoke era, you'd have, you know, Al Borges would talk about how all year long he, he sketches plays and comes up with things and, you know, he would just tell stories about, you know, I, I get a pad of paper and I just sketch plays like like every day of the year. So we hear from Don Brown, well, I'm I've been I've been scheming and we are we are prepared for this for this offense, right? And in the first half, I don't think they, they look particularly prepared. I, I was I was pretty aggravated. Now you, you know, because again, you know what they're gonna do. Okay. Army is not gonna come out and switch up their offense. Now, I was really pleased with the adjustments they made in the second half. And, you know, so I got to give them credit for that. And again, like you said, it, it's really hard to prepare for this kind of an offense that you see once every several years. And, you know, I got to give credit again from an X's and O's standpoint. Army runs this offense extremely well. But, but I think the question is, okay, you know, really, if you're going to play, you know, this is your second non-conference game. I really would have rather had somebody that they could have just run their base defense and, and work some of the kinks out. And I know that Harbaugh loves playing the service academies. And, and again, there's, there's a great message there and, and I like it, but from a practical standpoint, you know, again, you talk about the, the players being cut. Um, I, I really don't know if, 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 again, it's not like you're going to take some lessons that you've learned on defense against army and tra- and that really doesn't translate against Ohio state or, or, or Notre Dame later in the year. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely question whether, you know, I'm not looking forward to seeing army again on the schedule there, that there, I'll, that's how I'll, I'll leave it there. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not the first person from MGO blog to suggest this, but you know, I think Brian and Ace and Seth, everybody really has said it, David too, but you can have a military appreciation day. And that's awesome, but let's have it against like Central Michigan or something. You know, playing these service academies, like you said, they spend ten months preparing for this, and look what almost happened. <laughs> these are tough, tough programs and offense that you don't see very often that requires a ton of time to prepare for. So I think that we just don't schedule service academies anymore. We still have military appreciation days, and we can honor the people that have served that way, but you also don't then spend most of the off season having to put that time into that. When, when, like you said, I would have liked to have seen the base defense and then the different exotic things that, that Dom can bring off of that, as opposed to this thing that he has to run just to sort of survive week two. You know, another point is, you know, we can have military appreciation day in basketball, right? That that's, sure. that's fine. I mean, there's, there's lots of different yeah. ways to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like whenever they have the flyovers, 
you know, yeah. they, they bring the, you know, they bring the pilots in and they, they show them on the scoreboard and they do that. So I agree. There's a lot of different ways you can promote military appreciation. So, and again, again, and I'll say it from an X's and O standpoint, I love what they do. I just don't need to see it against Michigan. It's, it's just, you know, my big thing is, uh, you know, I'm always big on, on movie analogies and lines from movies and I'm just, I was watching the army game and it was, it reminded me of like the Rocky movies where, you know, Apollo's trainer was saying, you know, you don't go against a Southpaw. It's just not worth it. They do everything wrong. And, and that's what I was thinking of watching army. It's like, it's a high school offense, but man, they run it well. And I'm just glad we got out of it. Uh, you know, didn't have any, any major injuries, um, from those guys getting cut. Yeah, exactly. I've been telling people all week that have been asking about that game in particular. I've been telling them that if I was a coach just starting out, that's the offense that I would run. I mean, it drives people crazy and it gives them fits. And if you can execute it well, like Army does, it is such a headache. So hats off to them for the job that they do. But I just hope that Michigan doesn't have to deal with that again anytime soon. You know, and thank goodness that when they were about to go up potentially 21 to 7, they decided to throw that really inexplicable pass that was intercepted. Right. So, you know, you look at that and you just go, boy, we dodged a bullet there. And mm-hmm. and again, moving on. So yeah. here we go. We've had the bye week. We're heading into Wisconsin. I really see this game as, you know, it's interesting even though it's very early in the year, this is a really important measuring stick for, for the season and the program. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I am usually pretty hesitant to say that, especially about early season games, but I don't think anyone feels great after the first two weeks, but I think we could after week three. And I, I really think the offense can do a lot to help itself out. Um, Shea can do a lot to help out the offense as well if he's healthy. And see, the thing is with, with the Gaddis offense, I felt like conceptually it was, was there, this speed and space stuff. Like a lot of these zone reads had a pitch man that if Shea pulls, he could toss to, if he needs to on the outside, I, I love stuff like that where there's, there's a secondary option. And one big thing I thought is that they army, that is army played their corners really far off the line of scrimmage usually to the field side and you can punish that so easily with a bubble or even stance or, or smash concept stuff, whatever might, you know, be your fancy on the outside, but there's just a lot that they can do to take a step forward that I think is very much in the wheelhouse of Patterson. If he trusts the protection, I know like you were saying, the protection was pretty porous. Um, If he gets the ball out quickly it's not as much of an issue because there were a lot of times where he had a couple of seconds and he bugged out or he saw the blitzer because there were times they were let through. Um, But I think if this offense is able to get the ball or if Patterson particularly is able to get the ball out quickly, this could be the start of, of us seeing what we thought this offense would be defensively. I, I trust Don Brown to, to have a good game plan for Wisconsin. And I think that's what we'll see this weekend. Um, but really it, it kind of, to me, hinders on what the offense is able to do, whether they're able to take that step forward or not. So if this game is at home, I feel really good. I think Michigan wins by two scores. Mm-hmm. 
the one of the struggles I have is that Michigan has just has not been the same team on the road. So that is a right. a major uh, you know indicator for me. The next, but on the other hand, I think that Wisconsin is tailor made for. Uh, you know, Michigan's offense to attack their defense and Michigan's mm-hmm. defense to contain their offense. So I, I go back and forth. I, I, I think it's an important game because you really want to get off. You, you kind of want to wash the bad taste from the first two games out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then looking at the schedule again, you got Iowa coming, you know, the next week. So, or I'm sorry, <coughs> you have Rutgers coming, right? So the right. thing is, is you kind of have a break, but then you got Iowa, and right. Iowa's you know always comes in and always plays us tough. So uh, you know, really want to you know, I feel like if we go up to Michigan, goes up to Wisconsin and wins, all is well, right? Boom, everything you know, the ship is is righted, and and I think everybody's concerns you know kind of go to the wayside for a little while. Um, but again, you, again, going on the road, you got to show me, and I've I. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they got. Um, yeah, I, the road thing is a very good point. Um, one thing I can say to that is I'm very happy it's not an 8 p.m. start because then I would think all all is lost. <laughs> we should just expect that now. But the noon the noon kickoff gives me a little bit of hope. Plus, well, I don't know. It's it's a tough tough place to play, but. Um, we don't know what this particular team, what this edition is like on the road. And of course we'll find out this weekend, but you can only hope that there's the kind of mental resolve with some of these older guys that are leaders to be able to get through whatever might go wrong. Cause you know, something is going to, um, and be able to push through that and, and just stay the course. So Adam, here we are in year five. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? Here we are heading into the third game of year five. What's your overall feeling for the state of the program? My short answer to that is, if not him, who? Uh, The longer answer is more numerically oriented. And it uh, it's based off this graph that I saw going around Twitter this off season that uses book Connolly's S and P plus percent. Since Harbaugh got here, every year Michigan's finished above the 90th percentile. And the real issue, I think, well, there's there's one big issue, and that's Ohio State. Uh, and digging down a little bit deeper, it's that since Urban Meyer got there, they have been far above the 90th percentile and have, in fact, just recorded their highest ever 10-year S&P Plus average. Um they performed at an incredible level under Urban Meyer. And I think a lot of the frustration surrounding Michigan's program right now really started in 2006 when, I don't know about you, but I felt like the world was that team's oyster and they go down to Columbus and obviously we know what happened there. And then the years after that, the whole Rich Rod thing splintering the fan base you get the one win in the Luke Fickle year, and then we get close, but never quite get to the summit again. And I think a lot of the frustration surrounding Harbaugh's tenure, especially dealing with the rivalry wins and losses, is sort of a, a cumulative effect of the last decade and a half of Michigan football. 
but that's, I guess that's my hot take on the subject. What do you think, Phil? How do you feel? Well, it's tough for me because we do uh, an article and a podcast on the SP, SP plus stuff every week. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the analytics and it's, you know, I, I get a real kick out of it, you know, like digging into it. Um, but I kind of step back from that and I kind of look at it from a macro level. Okay. And, you know, for me, it, it's very clear. Okay. You don't get a statue outside of Schembechler Hall for beating up on Rutgers in Maryland. And part of the problem that I have with, with some of the analytics, again, from a macro standpoint is we're playing more games than 20 or 30 years ago. I see uh, the schedule padded a little bit. Okay. You know, one of the things I always say is, you know, 25 years ago when I got my season tickets, if I saw Rutgers and Maryland on my, on my home schedule, I would have thought, wow, what a down year. And now they're part of the conference. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the thing that I come back to is like you said, listen, you got to beat Ohio state, but there's really three criteria that I think, uh, Michigan coaches are judged on and it's, have you beaten your biggest rival? Okay. Yes or no. Have you competed for the big 10 championship? And, and, you know, for me, have you even, you know, I can live with going to the championship game and not even winning, but you got to make the game. Right. And then do you compete? Have you made the college football playoffs? So where I sit and, and I'll tell you, it really started, you know, I I was at the bowl. I've gone to the last two bowl games and you walk down in the field and you look both teams and I go, you know, both of these teams are in my mind, a million miles away from Alabama. Okay. And that, that bums me out as a fan. Like, you know, there's, there's Alabama and Clemson is, is a, an upper echelon, right. That, that we're mm-hmm. striving for. So for me, when I do the eye test, I, I really want to see Michigan come out and, and just put a dominant performance. I'll tell you when I watch Ohio state, they're, they're within punching range of, of, you know, the last, like you said, under urban Meyer, they're, they're in punching range of Clemson and Alabama. I, I, you know, if we can't get past them, it's hard to really feel that we're competitive with, with Clemson and Alabama and, and, and the, the, you know, the upper, the upper echelon. So yeah. that's a frustration for me. Um, so I guess, the, again, I always, I always use the eye test and I go, you know, I just, man, I, 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 I see us putting together a lot of metrics and, and, you know, a lot of numbers of wins, but when you go down to Ohio state and get your butt handed to you, that I don't, that there's no way to feel good about that. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm slightly a little bit sour on Don Brown right now. Um, again, uh, having gone to Columbus last year, haven't gone to the bowl game last year and just gotten, you know, you know, blown off the field. It's just, it's, you know, and then come back, you know, in the preseason, he said, well, it was only 19 bad minutes in the first game and 19 bad minutes in the last game. And I'm like, well, yeah. And the bowl game. So it's, I, 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 you know, again, I, I'm hopeful, but I, I really need to see it. And I'm really hoping that against Wisconsin, um, Michigan comes out and, and puts together a really dominant uh, uh, performance. And, and I think that the table's there for them. I mean, again, I think, you know, again, they're not as predictable as Army, but you know what Wisconsin's going to do, okay? They're not right. going to come out in the run and shoot, right? So, right. Um, so that's really... Um, you know, in year five, I wish I felt a little bit better, um, you know, but, but, but again, it's, you know, again, like you said, if not Harbaugh, then who, 
And I definitely feel better under Harbaugh than at any time under the Rich Rod or Brady Hoke regimes. I mean, that, that's that's mm-hmm. an easy call. Easy call. Yeah. Yeah, I think the program itself is run very, very well. I think he has a lot of great people inside Schembechler Hall. And I like what he's done as far as the coaching staff is concerned. I like that he's moved on from the guys that it was clear he needed to move on from. And I know that that's been something of a Harbaugh staple throughout the years is that he makes the tough decisions as far as that's concerned. Um, And that's continued here. So I have faith that he's a good steward of the program. Uh, I agree with you that really it starts this weekend. You have to beat teams like Wisconsin and Penn state and Iowa and and those teams uh, to contend. And that's the first step. So they have to take that first step this weekend. And we've seen, them do a pretty good job of that i think during the jim harbaugh era um and of course i understand where you're coming from as far as the eye test is concerned with what you want to see and how competitive you want the program to be um i think that's a valid point uh i think that this team has a lot of potential to achieve at a high level i think that the schedule sets up nicely for that too this year uh so i think we'll know a lot more in in 10 weeks than we do right now about sort of the state of the program. But I think the foundation is solid. I think that the, the staff inside the building is excellent. I think the coaching staff right now is as good as it's been since probably 2015, but that's, that's just my opinion. Um, and that's assuming the Gaddis thing works out the way I think it will. Uh, but we shall see what happens at Camp Randall. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.